Hey, it's Wren, and this is the Friends of a Feather podcast, encouragement for women on the go. This weekly podcast inspires and encourages women wherever you are, listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or providing a boost of encouragement after a full day. I love inviting my friends on the podcast to share their unique God stories with you. Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 101. If you did not get to check out the 100th episode last week when I introduced my new team member, Jenny, and we talk about the top 10 memorable moments on the podcast. So go check that out. But welcome back. And I'm excited to share my friend Claire's story with you today. So here's a little bit more about Claire. She is a wife. She is a mom to five children. She has an organizational design company here in Memphis called Trazo Design. You probably follow her over on Instagram. If you don't, you need to. She's really hilarious, but I like seeing behind the scenes in her company. But on this episode, Claire and I talk a little bit about growing up in the Holcomb household. We talk about the grief that she and her family experienced when they lost her her younger brother, Jay, at the age of 13. But y'all, you are going to be encouraged by hearing our conversation. Claire is an Enneagram 3. We talk a little bit about that. She also tosses out some organizational tips for us, which I am here for, for sure. I have to be honest with y'all. I was just so caught up in the moment talking with Claire. We're Memphis girls. We were just catching up and I forgot to hit record. So you were going to hear after I'd asked the first question to her, Uh, and we were talking about when her family moved to a different country to be missionaries, and she is talking about how community was just immeasurable to her during that time. So that's where we jump in, but here is my conversation with my friend, Claire. Family that lived there before, I found my wife journal and of course I picked it up and like thumbed through it and so she had been there a whole year before me and literally I I felt like I was reading my own journal just the desperation of like relationship and just Lord where do you have me and so I gave her her journal back and I was like I just want you to know I read some of it and I needed to read that the Lord had you leave that there for me Mm. so um that is Still, she's still my best friend, and um, we've been buddies for 10 years now, and our husbands are buddies, and our kids are buddies, and so our community was like heaven on earth. It was so hard, but that was what made it so rich, is that we did hard life together. So um, we, yeah, we miss our friends, for sure. And the community in Panama has changed significantly since we've left. I mean, they're still there, but it just was really rich. I mean, it was not compound living, but like it was pretty close. I mean, our kids went to school together, went to church together. We had fun together. So you just kind of learn to love people that you probably would not have been friends with had you been in the suburbs of somewhere in the U.S. Just because some things are different. You may worship differently. Your family dynamics are different. Uh, the way you parent your children is different. But the common denominator was you love Jesus, you have high expectations for family and, and children, and you speak English. So here we go. Let's do yeah, life. yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Okay. So I do want to go back to as you as a kid. Okay. So your love of organizational design, like, do you ever look back in your childhood? Like I look back in my childhood and I'm like, there was always a microphone. Like it not necessarily, you know, like, like even when I turned eight and I had my, my, my eight year old party and I got married to a cardboard man, he was attached to the microphone stand. So there was always a microphone somehow in my childhood. And so now I look back and I'm like, wow. So do you ever look back and does your mom ever say, Hey, you were like the most organized of all of it. Like, were you like organizing your school supplies and your room and like, do you ever think back to that and remember stuff like that from your childhood? A hundred percent. Like really? when I first started organizing, people would say, how long have you been organizing? And so since it was like, you know, they were like my first couple of clients, I would say, I've been organizing my whole life, you know, and I go, and I would tell a couple of stories, but yes, I mean, I remember cleaning my backpack out every Sunday night to get ready for the school week. I remember color coordinating my clothes before I knew that was a thing. Wow. And I remember doing the, doing the dishes growing up and thinking, if I'm the one loading the dishwasher and I'm the one unloading the dishwasher, I'm going to put all the spoons together, all the forks together, and all the knots together so I can just grab them. Mm. So, I mean, those were definitely some things. And, I mean, I have a story even on my website about batteries, but I can remember my mom telling me to go get batteries. And I just remember being frustrated that they were, like, in all these different places. So, I found a shoe plastic container got some masking tape and wrote batteries on it and we had that that box of batteries until recent and probably in the last couple of years where like she still kept her batteries in that box so yes I have a high need for order I'm a three on the Enneagram so I I like I'm an achiever like I'm I like I like things I like knowing what's going on around me so that I can perform at my you know highest capacity um so yes, I've been organizing my whole life and that, that is, that's very, very accurate. Yeah. Well, I was thinking you've got to have a little Enneagram one in you or a three in you, you know, to be like super <laughs> organized. My husband's a one. So it's like things are organized. I mean, and bless them because I'm, I got a wing of a seven. So it's just like, yeah, the scissors are in one of these drawers. I'm not sure which one, but it's in one of them. But it's funny because when we were moving, <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just how it is. It's a whole different way of seeing things and it's all about order and I can totally appreciate it. I just, it's just not natural to me. So I love that you're three. I love that you have order. I love, I love this. I need you in my life. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. So I love that you can see that as your, from your childhood, but go back also to your childhood is is y'all, the Holcomb family is very tight knit, like super tight knit. I love that about y'all growing up. How was family life? I mean, it seemed like it was a bunch of fun. So it was super fun growing up. I will say that my dad, um, philosophy was to work hard and play hard. And Mm so that is pretty much the epitome of my childhood is that we worked hard and we played hard and and he modeled that for us and my mom modeled that as well I mean her job was to care for for all of us but essentially to care for Jay having I mean he was handicapped from his he was in a wheelchair was very physically involved mentally I would say normal but he was kind of he was extra normal I mean he was just Mm -hmm. he did he, he was a fun kid he didn't care what people thought about him very observant. So it wasn't, he wasn't hard to love. Um, and so 
I would definitely say we are tight knit because we, my dad created and mom created so many opportunities for us to have memories together. And, and she does, my mom speaks a lot and, and she will say like, it was her goal in life for us to love each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, it's, it's the last thing I do. And, and to be, to, to her credit, I would say that she accomplished that. I mean, we do love each other. And, um, I would say that our first half, my first 20 years or 18 years of life, we loved each other because it was hard and fun. And, um, I mean, the, we had extra, I, I mean, I grew up with a spoon in my mouth, but I also, I tell people I had to put it there. Like nobody mm. put the spoon in my mouth. Mm. We had to, I had a lot of responsibility and some of that I took on myself. I made some vows, like as a little girl that the Lord's kind of worked me, worked and walked me through as an adult that, um, you know, to, to kind of protect myself, to protect my brothers from, from pain, which is actually impossible to do. But, um, so, I mean, I was in a, I was a performer at a young age to kind of protect myself a little bit from, from the pain of the reality of, what was going on in our home. And there was no, we were fully loved, fully secure. Um, my mom was, I would say she was, she wasn't an emotional wreck, but I mean, emotional is an understatement. She felt everything. And my dad felt little, but we had a great time because he was like, let's go have fun instead of feeling. Yeah. And so that's kind, that's kind of what we did. And so, I mean, I have tons of memories from my childhood and then, we've continued to do that as adults, even in, and that's kind of even how we grieved um, losing Jay was continuing to make memories together. Mm -hmm. So well, yeah, and we, we played hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was like, it was a good balance. It seems like with your mom being a huge feeler and your dad, um, you know, being a go-getter, like, let's just do it. Um, so I want to read something that you wrote on Facebook recently. Um, it's been okay. 20 years since y'all lost Jay. And so you yeah. kind of had, um, I mean, your writing is beautiful. And I just loved how, sweet. well, I just loved how you were so um, practical and so real with us, but very, um, it was just profound. I, I'm going to read you what you wrote um, when you were talking about when people would ask you later, hey, when did you become a Christian? And you said, you always felt so unoriginal. I was four and I was at VBS. And you mm -hmm. said you remembered it like it was yesterday. You were all sitting on the steps of the front of the church and you repeated a prayer. And that was that. It was simple. It was vivid. And it wasn't until you learned to journal your time with Jesus, did the Holy Spirit remind you of when VBSs are and what was going on in your life when you said that simple prayer there in June and you were four and it was the very month mm -hmm. that Jay had, was born. You needed Jesus and he met me. It wasn't until years after Jay died that the Holy Spirit come alive to you and remind you that he was there when you needed him at four. It's when I started my time at this school called Sorrow and my teacher, Jesus. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you have a vivid memory of that. Like, what was that family dynamic when he was born and also when y'all lost him when he was right before he was 14? Right. So when I, when I think back on that as a, as a mom now and realizing how young my parents were to be, to be really gifted this life of having a handicapped child and having other children, and I think... I think a lot of my parents' grief, even originally, and then even when he died, 
was, what is this going to do to our other children? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think, I mean, what we looked at, like as a family at that point was I, I when I think of myself, I think of myself as probably a pretty wide eyed four-year-old taking it all in and trying to conjugate it. And just when I look back at the different ways that my brothers and I have grieved, we've all grieved differently. And I think I just kind of am like very matter of fact, like took it as it was like, okay, this was, this is a gift from Jesus, whether it hurts or not, it's still a gift. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Jesus at his word. And at four, I guess I began realizing like, there's really no other option here for me. Um, Like I'm, I guess, you know, this was given to me at four and I took it and I grabbed it and, and it is what it is. Yes. I've questioned the Lord. Yes. I've spent lots of time asking why and that, you know, what, what could I, what could we have done to prevent different things? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at this, there are things now medically that you can do for spina bifida kids before they're born. But at that time, I mean, yeah. you don't yeah. see many spina bifida people over the age of 35 because they didn't know what to do when they were born. And so Jay was kind of a medical mystery when he was born. And, and so it, it was kind of a giant, his life was a mystery. Every surgery he have had was kind of like, well, we'll try this and we'll do this. Mm-hmm. And so I took the Lord at, at his, at his word and just like, okay, this is, this is what you've given us. And this is what we're going to do. Kind of like, let's put our boots on and go. And I, and I think probably privately, I did more of the questioning. I was, I am not a public processor. Um, I'm like, that's interesting. I'm going to go to my room now and cry for, you know, mm-hmm. where no one sees me, like in the shower, not even in my room. I like, don't want anyone to interrupt me. I'll be in the sure. shower crying. Um, sure. But I think, I think that that really the, the, the thread through my life was I, I'm going to have to take him at his word that this was, this is good. And as an adult, I can look back and see that the things that we processed or as I processed as a child are benefiting me as an adult, even though they were hard as a kid. And even when I, when I see siblings of kids who are suffering, like that is hard to watch because you see their little faces and you're like, Oh gosh, I'm looking at myself, you know, mm. like if someone, if someone aware, if someone watching and they've done, this has changed so much. I mean, Le Bonner was not the Le Bonner that we grew up going to. Like yeah. the hospitals are just so sensitive toward the whole family. And, yeah. the, and Le Bonner has like, it's such a sweet place. I mean, we walked those halls and I'm like, we did not have this. It was real sterile. I mean, (laughs) the lobby was cool, but it was real sterile. Yeah. So, I mean, I I would, I would definitely say that like, I'm looking back at that, those hard seasons when Jay was in the hospital, when even things like other people making my lunch when I was in school because Jay was in the hospital. And I'm like, I don't like bologna sandwiches. Like Uh. don't, I wanted my mom to make our lunch. You know, those were (laughs) things that like, yeah. I remember like eventually blowing up over like, mom, I just want, I don't want anybody else to bring me a lunch at school. Mm. So that was one of the, one of the, you know, bringing meals, like making, making all the other Holcomb kids lunches and stuff like that. And I think I did share some of those things with them. I didn't bottle everything up. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would, I would definitely say that that's the thread is that I took him as you're good and I'm going to trust that this is good for my life. And, 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 and he has proven that that he is. 
Well, and also yeah. like how you said, the day he died was June 15th, 1999. You read in Streams in the Desert that night about seeds of grief and how the rain of tears nourishes the soil and that one day will produce blooms. And you right. said it, it's, it's like a garden, a life garden you would never trade, even with all the toils, the tolls, the trimming, the tools, and the tears. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, that's been, you know, tr- 20 years of any time I think I feel grief for someone, I go back to that mm. June 15th, you know, and Streams in the Desert. And that, that's the kind of book that you pick up when you can't pick up your Bible. And yeah. you're like, I don't, I, I don't know where to go. So I'm going to open this up. And, um, mm. and I, I just remember, I can remember reading it that night. And then even now going back and be like, there are actual blooms. And mm. like, I remember it's just, it, it was just like, I don't know when that will be, but as time went on and as I saw other people grieving, it was like, yes, Lord, there are blooms you've given me. And this garden, you know, it has to be tended. Um, but, but that is what he's, it has been a gift of the grief Mm. for sure. Well, I love how open you've been about it and, and directing people to, um, Drew wrote a song recently about it and how it's Mm -hmm. just affected all of, you know, your whole family and it's affected, but, um, but I think that y'all have handled it so beautifully and so, um, like you said, like matter of factly and that God is, um, he can work things and, you know, he's good. He's good. Um, even in the trials and even in just the grief, the grief. Um, and I heard recently yeah. somebody said grief and joy can be intermingled, which it seems so odd, but it just seems like in your family, that's true. I mean, you can see the grief, and but the joy through all of it. Yes. I mean, we laughed at like all of us when we, when we cry, it's like a laugh cry. That's, I mean, I would, I would say that that's kind of, kind of the equivalent of the, the grief and the joy. It's like, are you laughing or are you crying? I think Drew even says that in one of his new songs, like, and it's, that is kind of the epitome of it. We can tell, we have so many hilarious stories about Jay's life. Most of them are inappropriate just because <laughs> of, you know, yeah, yeah. how well, we, how, how we, how you have to function with, the, with someone who's yeah. paralyzed. And so yeah. we tell those stories and we die laughing and sometimes wet our pants and, <laughs> and then someone, you know, then someone's crying. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. cathartic and it's almost always my mom crying. My dad, since he's gone through some health issues in the last couple of years, he's become so much more emotional. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. This is very strange. <laughs> <laughs> like both of them now are emotional. Yeah, oh. both of them for sure. Hey y'all, Ren here. We're going to get right back to the conversation, but I wanted to see if you would do a favor for me. When you are finished listening, would you go to your podcast app and leave us a review? It just helps more women to find the podcast and to put those earbuds in and listen and be encouraged. So if you could do that for me, that would be awesome. Here's what MLB06F said over on iTunes. Always encouraging. I love Ren and always walk away feeling refreshed and encouraged. She exudes joy in the love of Christ, and I'm thankful for her gift of a podcast. Well, thank you. That is so sweet. Y'all encourage me so much, and I would love if you could leave a review today. Okay, back to the show. I want to shift gears a little bit, talk a little bit about Trizo Design, because you have 
had this organizational mindset since you know, you were a kid and then, you know, a few years back in Panama, that's kind of where you started or before, no, in Nashville and then in Panama. And then now you have Trazo. So tell me what encouraged you, who encouraged you to really start Trazo and what does the word Trazo mean? So I started organizing 15 years ago and that was before Facebook, before Instagram, really kind of at the start of you know, people really having their own, knowing how to do their own websites. And so, um, I actually thought I wanted to be a businesswoman, always wanted to be a hardcore mom. And then I thought maybe I want to be a teacher too. And so I actually got offered a job at Morgan Keegan and turned it down because I thought that's not really actually what I want to do. And I taught preschool for a little bit and I thought, no, I think I'd rather have my own children than you know, be with other people's children. Um, so, but, but we weren't in a, we weren't quite ready to have kids yet. And there was an article in the paper about professional organizing. So I called the girl, I met her at Starbucks and, um, they kind of just went from there and in terms of, in terms of opening up a, a business. So, um, I'm a member of the NAPO association, which is national association of productivity and order, which, Mm. most of them are northerners and they call it productivity which i'm like that's so wrong uh-uh. it's productivity yeah anyway <laughs> total different conversation yeah. um so wow. i've been i've been a member with um, that association for 15 years and um so i i really really love doing it and i actually got to a point in nashville where i was getting to work for some country music singers and that was just a total joy and we were getting ready to kind of blow that up I mean, I, I already had one person working for me and the Lord just kind of, kind of turned things upside down and inside out. And that was in 2009, which everybody should remember 2009. It was an unpleasant mm. financial year. Yeah. Um, but that's when the Lord took us to Panama. So I put my company okay. to rest at that point. Mm-hmm. And in Panama, I got a whole different version of how to function as a family in a small space. We were only a thousand square feet. Um, and then we added on another thousand square feet when the twins were born. And so just kind of learning, like I have no garage, no attic, no basement, no anything storage wise and learning how to function for six years with five kids. And then also had the opportunity to, to, to kind of organize and design a couple other spaces um, in Panama that were related to our, our school there. And so when we came back, it just was kind of a natural transition for me to wake it up and, um, to continue with organizing. But my, my biggest love of organizing is the, the beauty part of it. Um, I have a blog coming out soon about, about Trazo and kind of where the name came from. And, um, but one of the things I love about organization is called the Genesis principle. But basically like when God created our universe, he did it orderly and he created it so beautifully. I mean, it's, he made categories and they were beautiful. And the last thing he did, you know, was to make a woman, which is a, I laugh and listen to this song, like, you know, it's in, in, in the image of God, uh, but it's a better version. <laughs> Woman's a, a little bit better version. That's um, so, love it. so we are, so that's kind of where I love marrying the beauty and the order 
mm-hmm. because it just is right. Um, yeah. I think that they really just, they don't even build on each other. They just crash into each other and it's just right. Um, so trazo actually means, um, very broadly, it means design in Spanish. Lots of people say trazo and that's fine, but it's trazo. It gives me an opportunity to kind of talk about it. So I don't mind it when people say it wrong. Okay. Um, and it means very specifically means paintbrush strokes, like a pen or a paintbrush stroke. And I love that because I feel like every job, every client, every space is different. I mean, their paintbrush strokes are, you can almost never create the same one, um, but they're so similar. So I love that whole thought process behind it all kind of creates a big picture but it's, they're all different. Um, mm, and my, every one of my clients is different. Every one of their spaces is different. Yeah. We're all kind of similar and we all have the same, not all, but most of us have the same desires and goals, um, mm. for our families. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of where the name Trazo came from. And we laugh because, um, it's, you know, Trazo design, like design, design, which yeah. it just makes me giggle. <laughs> so. yeah, I like it. I like it. It's so good. I didn't know that. Okay, so you talk about, you know, not having a basement, not having an attic, not having a garage. How do you, okay, because this is what I need to know, like personally, how <laughs> do you keep a functional, harmonious space with five children? I need to know, like, we all need to know. Well, I laugh. I've been at this a ton recently. Yeah. And I looked at my husband last week and I was like, I must be like, doing something wrong because maybe I'm not feeling enough because people keep asking how we're doing it. And I'm like, maybe I'm not doing well. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, Oh man, I guess it's, I guess this is, looks harder. Maybe I'm showing signs of craziness, <laughs> but um, so that I would say the first thing is, is I have an incredible husband. He is, He's a nine and we're, we're we laugh because we, I'm like, quit self-deleting, quit self-deleting. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing man. He really, um, serves me well and he hears me and, um, he has really pushed me and to dream big. And then he sits mm-hmm. down and kind of helps me like, okay, well let's, let's, let's think about how to make those dreams happen. Um, mm-hmm. so he, and he is, his heart for our kids is so big and, um, he's so in tune to them and I really grew up thinking I was going to love being a mom and it's harder than I ever imagined it would be. And I even had a great example of my mom show, showing that it was going to be hard. I saw that it, mothering was hard. Mm. Um, so she's another major role in my life from the standpoint of she's a phenomenal grandmother. So she mm. kind of fills in those places where I feel like I'm really lacking Oh, and she, neat. she has, she's loved on them so well. I told her, I was like, mom, I know people want you to write books and I want you to, want you to speak, but I think you need to start speaking to the women your age about how to be a grandmother because you're killing it. Mm. She is, she really is a, she, we laugh. I'm like, you're a better grandmother than you were mom. Oh. And so, uh, it, which kind of gives me a lot of grace in the season that I'm in to not have to feel like I have these huge shoes to fill in terms of yeah. being a mom. Yeah. She's actually kind of take, taken the shoes in some ways and, and been so precious about that. But so yeah. I have a super supportive husband, supportive mom, and my dad is one of my biggest cheerleaders. 
Um, and he's great with our kids too. I mean, he will, he can keep all of them. My brother, Sam is just amazing. We, we tease each other. We keep each other laughing and he will actually take all, all the kids, um, as well. But I will say that I, I have a team. And so what work-wise I have people that, that are holding a lot of those ropes for me and that are kind of helping me tug those in the right direction. And then I have an assistant, um, she's really more than assistant. She's like a business coach, operations manager. Like she's mm-hmm. all of the above. And, um, she Lori's actually, awesome. uh, yeah, she Lori, is. <laughs> Lori is on it. She, she emails, she does all of it. I love it. She is. And I, I mean, I'm one of those people that like, I see all these people on Instagram, like killing it. And I'm like, please tell us you have people behind the scenes doing yeah. things. Yeah. So I'm here to say like, there are people behind the scenes. <laughs> I am not doing everything myself. I have a lady yeah. who folds my laundry and changes my sheet. Yes. I have a lady who comes every couple of weeks and irons. I have yes. a lady who deep, deep cleans twice a week. So, mm. and I don't cook. I mean, I, I, mm. that's like, yeah, I, yes. I need to be re- realistic. Like I don't, I, I mean, I can, I can, but I don't enjoy it. Yeah. So the the goal is like, how much more money can I make to have someone prepare meals for us? So, yeah, um, right. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of kind of like I don't do it all, um, right, but right. the harmonious aspect in terms of what you're asking about, like order and how we do it in our home. Yeah. So I would say that I do have systems set up everywhere. Like our pantry has been the same for a year and a half since I was like, I've got to hit this thing hard mm. and none of my labels have changed, mm. you know, my, it, it may overflow and some things may creep into other spaces and I'll allow that. I mean, I don't lose sleep over that, right. but I'll, I will like occasionally, especially when I'm like hot and mad at something, or, I, <laughs> that's when I can do like a, like, I'm going to, I'm going to deep dive in this laundry pantry area. Yeah. And so I will, I'll get it all back where it goes. So my laundry room is pretty, orderly. Um, I don't, I mean, I, there's rags and there's Norwex and there's stain removal and there's travel and, you know, everything has a home. And so, I mean, Mm. I have carpet care. Like, I don't, I don't like there to be, I don't like people calling me and asking me where things are. I kind of like, it's right there. You should know where this is. I've set the systems up. So even medicine cabinet. So I would say your, your places in your home where you're like, you're getting the most questions like, mom, I need a bandaid. <laughs> like, you know where the band-aids are. Go get your own stinking yeah. band-aid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes so, sense. So those are kind of, yeah, those are kind of like how, like I do have some places that are very clear that are like, I would call those like your hub, like the, yes. the, that are super important as a family to know where everything is. Now, actual cleanup and the stuff around the house, that's a greater challenge. And mm-hmm. I would say that a large percentage of the population likes to kind of hide that. They like to shove it in drawers, hide it in closets, make a pile. Yes, yes. I stuff um, things. It's bad. Yes. And so I, I am a piler, but I will not stuff it. So mm-hmm. we have baskets. At, yeah, there is a difference. And so I'm, I will create spaces where like, these are all the things that go upstairs. Now they may be in that space for like four or five days, maybe longer until I have the energy to what we call like work, butt city where I'm like, all right, everybody 
we're literally, you're going to stand here and I'm going to hand you things and you're taking this back to your room and you're taking this yeah. to the back room and you're taking this to the, I don't have a garage, but the, out, yeah. the outside space or where we store stuff, our storage shed, um, this goes to the kitchen. And so they kind of know, like, we do not shove anything in drawers. I do not like looking for anything. Like yeah. if it is not where it belongs, it's out. It's, so, I love it. I love it. So yeah. Good. So I, I mean, that's, it. I mean, and we're, I'm not, perfectly clean i mean i laugh we have smurfs die in our sinks every morning we, i'm like who's blue toothpaste who keeps doing this i like can't catch them so um like, which one is it I mean, my grandmother it's definitely a twin i'm pretty sure it's a twin um poor twins but my grandmother who they do well they are spoiled rotten we're working on those two i'm like they are just getting away with murder that's so cute but um they my grandmother is, um, who lives with us. She loves doing the dishes. So I do leave her the dishes because I want her to feel like she has, um, a role. And so, um, she, she does the dishes and if she doesn't know where something goes, she knows to leave it out on the counter, not to just open a drawer and shove it in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's so neat to have her living with y'all. That's super neat. I love it. It's very special. Yeah. She's, she loves, she reads her Bible like all day, every day, wakes up in the morning and I walk in and I can't even like take a breath before I speak, before she goes right into what she has read that morning and wants to yeah. impart it to me. And so, um, it is precious, but some days I'm like, um, I actually did read my Bible this morning yeah. and I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Okay. So there's so much we could more we could talk about, but I know you have a day and I have a day. So I have my little speed round, little questions at the end, my eat, read, love segment. Okay. So what, okay. are, what is your favorite thing you're eating? What are you reading? And what are you loving? Okay. My favorite, let's start with eating because um, I was laughing. You were talking about your body falling apart. Mine is actually falling apart. I've been going to, gotten some blood work done. And in the process, I found out I have mast cell syndrome or activization or disorder or disease, whatever. What? But I have um, an overabundance of histamine in my body. And so, which creates all kinds of problems. The main thing that make, makes me crazy is I have chronic hives and I take a lot of Zyrtec for it. So what, what we have to do is I have to lower my intake of histamine, which is in food, which uh-huh. histamine is in every single food you can imagine. Really? And so, yes, which that's a whole nother podcast right there of what, what the Lord's teaching me about my body. But mm-hmm. um, so what I'm really my go-to snack right now Mm. is if I'm feeling healthy, it's, um, an apple with really, I need to have like cashew butter, but I just, sometimes I just do nut butter, uh, or almond butter. Mm-hmm. Um, which okay. is not, is not as, it's a little higher in histamine, but, or if I'm feeling sorry for myself, kind of a mood, I go for a bagel with cream cheese. So mm-hmm. a gluten-free bagel. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so that would be my eat. Um, and then my read, is I'm kind of a sorry reader. I listen to Audible, but um, oh, yeah. I'm kind of one of those people that, that totally like to read the last page of. Yeah, well, it's it. I'm I'm a like last read the last page of the book kind of girl, which is everybody hates. But I'm like I need to enjoy the rest of my life and not be thinking about the stupid book that's hanging hilarious. over. I just need to know. I want to enjoy the character that's before they die. You know, like I just kind of like to know. It doesn't affect my like reading, but I I like to know. It just helps me. I don't know, but. So you'll Drew read the last me. page and then go back and still enjoy the book. Yes, absolutely. More. I enjoy oh, it more, actually. 
Okay. Um, okay. And I do that. I do that sometimes with movies and shows. It drives my husband crazy, but um, wow. so I okay. love magazines. I'm a little, literally a magazine-aholic. Um, <laughs> when I have time, that is what I do is okay. I love magazines. Okay. And then um, what am I loving right now? Yeah. I love shoes. I love shoes. I mean, okay. there's no way around it. I love shoes. Where do you I get love being my kids. Um, yeah. I usually, here's a little fact about me. I buy most of my shoes out of town because I'm a three with a four wing. Okay. Like yeah, you got to be your own person. Four wing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm complimented when I'm, when I'm, when someone else gets them because of, I got them, but I don't like people knowing where I get my shoes, but I still buy them out of town. Uh, okay. And I have a couple of places where, where I love to buy my shoes, but I love that. I, That's I, so fun. I, I love shoes. Big okay. earrings, shoes, makeup. Yep. yep. Okay. I love it I all. Love it. Good deal. Okay. I do have one burning question I have to ask. Um, is there Go gonna be is there gonna be like a brother sister tour where you can sing with your brother? <laughs> I no, mean, that's that is- that's that's what we need to know. We need to know if you have the musical talent of Drew. No, uh Drew and I both started taking guitar lessons at the same time. And I was like, I have to keep my nails too short for this. Yes. So I'm out. Yes. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. I'm out. So yeah. no, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I, he, I will tell you this. Drew is literally two minutes away at all times. He will answer any text, any phone call mm. within his absolute power. Uh, and he is my number one fan. And so is Sam. Both my brothers are so sweet and, and dear and attentive to me and my kids and my Ellie and I have such a sweet friendship and she's an incredible sister-in-law. All my sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws are awesome. So awesome. it's a sweet gift, but um, no, I will not okay. be joining Drew on the okay. stage unless it's to embarrass, embarrass him with my dance moves. I just so. went, okay, well, we'll be expecting the dance moves anytime. Maybe at Moon River, okay, <laughs> when they come to Memphis, right? What's next for Trazo? I know y'all got an announcement in a couple weeks. We're growing our team and right. um, we're trying. Yeah. So there's, there's 10 of us total and um, we are trying to like restructure how we do our teams. So we're, we're doing some new team leads. And so, yeah, it's, it's just, we have a ton of great clients. A lot of people actually, I get almost as many people that want to work for us as I do people that want to use us. Oh, um, neat. So, yeah. Which is, so it's such a compliment. I mean, it really is. Um, oh yeah, you're honored. The, the people we do. We have a really great time. We work really hard, but we have a great time doing it. It's awesome. Okay, where so, can we find you yeah. if someone needs some design help here in Memphis? Where where can we find you online? www.trazo.trazo-design.com. And if you're on Instagram, we are Trazo Design, and I think that. Facebook, it's the same. So, um, yeah, we, uh, I love marketing stuff. So you, you will, you can find me often on Instagram. I really enjoy the story side of, um, Instagram. So that's my, that's my little love is. Oh, and we love stories. Yeah. We love your Insta stories. Keep doing them. We love them. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time today, Claire. We are excited to follow along and thanks for kind of giving us a backstory of your story for us today. Well, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. I love telling. Well, I just had the best time talking with Claire today. And if you are encouraged by listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast, I would love if you could take a couple of minutes and head to your podcast app and leave us a review. 
Reviews matter and they help us so much. So I really appreciate it. And y'all, last Friday was a record download day. Y'all are showing up every week and I really appreciate it. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, the show notes will be at renrobbins.com slash podcast. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook. I would love to connect with you over there. And so remember, we're all friends of a feather. So let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.